Can we all stand just a minute and open, open up this next section of service with a word of prayer? Lord, we look to you because you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are the one that is our source. We look to you, God. We thank you for coming into this place, Lord. I love the feeling of your presence when I come into your house. I thank you, oh God, for just the fulfillment that we have when we're in you and walking in your ways. Lord, I pray that you would help us to walk that path that you have for us, to pursue that calling that you've put in our lives. You've given us um, so many things, each of us so many things that make us unique, that we can apply and uh, that we can just glorify your name as we honor you and as we pursue the things of the kingdom. Lord, you have tasks for us and you have progress that we can make with your help. Lord, my prayer today is that we all would leave closer to you with an understanding of how much you, you love us and how much you can take care of us and, and help with our brokenness, help with the things that have pained us and bring restoration and wholeness and healing. Oh God, we, we put ourselves in your hands because you are the one who made us. You can fix us. We love you and I thank you for everyone that's here today. And I, I look forward to what you are going to do through the word of God today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you all. You may be seated. I'm so glad you all came out today to hear the word of God. And it is my prayer that we all would leave with with something in our heart, something in our spirit that we didn't have when we came here. That's from God. Because that's what matters, and that's powerful. When you have something from God in you, everything in life that you used to think was important fades a bit, and you see where the real value is. So today I have an interesting topic. Some people would call this the greatest game ever played. A challenge that requires skill, knowledge, calculated accuracy, precision, the honing of one's body and equipment. It's not, it's not an easy thing to transport a rubber ball 500 yards into a hole that's only two and a half times its size. Have you figured it out yet? I'm talking about the game of golf. <laughs> so Nate's bringing up a nice illustration. If you could demonstrate how you might uh, how you might use one of these bad boys on on the on the green. <laughs> I have to have him do it because I'm no good. I'm no good. So look, he's seating his feet. He's getting the right form. He's getting getting the the wrists. Aligned, trying to bring that muscle memory back. Ooh, there was, there was some power there. Thank you, Nate. <laughs> okay, we're good. Nobody got hit. <laughs> this is a game that some people live for. They spend hard-earned money to purchase equipment, memberships, and passes to play. It's a game common in the business world to enjoy the outdoors, while discussing the future prospects of a company. 
As serious as some are about this game, many people play golf just to pass the time. It's a vacation from their responsibilities. They could probably play even if they forgot their golf ball. They would be out there just, all right, let's walk and pretend where I hit it, because they're just using it to pass the time. But regardless of the motive to play the game, few would consider the risks of the sport. Has anybody been afraid to play golf because they thought they might get hurt? Not really. Not really. But today, all of us, I'm going to ask all of us to consider an odd term, and the term is golf wounds. Makes you think, doesn't it? Sounds kind of silly. Well, there was actually an article posted in Golf Monthly in 2018, and it included statistics gathered by golfsupport.com, stated that at the rate of 1.8 injuries per, th- per 1,000, recreational sports, including golf, were found to be more dangerous than rugby, hockey, and other team sports that only have a rate of 1.5 per 1,000 persons. What a silly thing. Golf wounds. What a silly thing. All right, so what, a, what kind of golf wounds would these be? Okay, this is what I think. If I'm out there golfing, my golf wounds would be sunburn, bug bites, emotional disappointment because I missed the ball. That would be my wounds from golf. But I guess some of the main injuries that occur are getting hit by the golf ball when you're too close to the tee and golf cart accidents. So (laughs) be careful if you're playing golf. So these golf wounds, I mean, they're easily avoidable, and they're not worth it. You and I can agree that these two means of afflicting wounds can be attributed to immaturity. Goofing off has consequences. You've probably heard the old adage, it's all fun and games until someone gets hurt. So those are the main two wounds that someone might get from golf. Um, There's other common wounds that are more like commonly self-inflicted injuries. That would be lower back pain, rotator cuff injuries, wrist issues, foot and ankle injuries, knee pain, tendonitis, neck injuries. So you're hitting a ball, but if you don't do it right, if you're not prepared, you can cause your own injuries. And I would say these injuries are not necessarily the immaturity that comes from getting hit by standing in front of the tee when somebody's hitting the ball, but it's more of Um, a lack of self-discipline in preparing for the task. So what are some ways to prevent if you're golfing? Well, stretching is a good idea, making sure those muscles are are ready to do that that form, that action. Um, Ramp up your playtime and intensity. If you've never played golf, you might not want to play for six hours in one day. Also, you want to strengthen your muscles. So some muscles that you haven't used, if you dress them and strain them, uh, you're going to cause some problems. Also using good technique. So I had Nate up here because he's got some technique. I have no technique. 
So if I'm going to learn how to play golf, it would be a good idea for me to learn from a professional. He would say, uh, yeah, your foot's crooked. You want to go like this. The way that you swing your elbow is way the wrong angle. You want your wrist about here. You want to look at where you're swinging, you know, things like that. So learning from a professional is going to help you. Also, providing your body with proper nutrition is going to help too. I mean, we're, we're beings that are multifaceted. We've got a spiritual, um, emotional, a mental, a physical side, and they all affect our health. Some, when one of those things is really off, we're not going to perform the way that we need to. So those are some things that would prevent an injury if you're playing golf. All right, hopefully by now you're wondering, what does this have to do with church, God, spiritual things? At least I hope you are. So there's five things that I want to talk about that come from thinking about the game of golf, but really apply to us in the church and spiritually. So if you're taking notes, these are the five things to remember, and I have them all beginning with the letter S. The first one is take it serious. Remember, there's some golfers that are all in, and then there's some that are just passing the time. So my personal advice is Christianity is not worth it if all you're in it for is to pass the time. You might as well use it somewhere else. Now, if you look, there are some people that are sold out to follow Christ. They are serious. They've changed their lifestyle completely to align with God's commandments. They're not those people who's, who are, they don't just know someone who has a Bible. They are digging into it for themselves, and they are pursuing it full-blown. They're sold out. They're like the one who bought the field for the treasure in it. They're the one who sold everything for the pearl of great price. They put a lot on the line because they are serious. Take it serious. I like how uh, Jordan Peterson, many of you have probably heard of him, he's pretty popular, but he is asked the question, do you believe in God? And he doesn't answer it like most people would. He says, what you believe is what you act out. You know, not just this mental assent. What you believe is what you act out. Watch your actions. It might give you an underlying thing of what you really believe in. He says, I act as if I believe in God. So that requires making necessary sacrifices and steps to address your sin. It's about being all in for a powerful being that you know will keep you accountable. So Jordan Peterson says, are you all in? Are you all in? So that's my challenge today. If you've been kind of going through the motions, decide today, I'm going to take it serious and I'm going to go all in. Matthew 16, 25 says, For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Are you willing to lose your life for his sake? Because you will find it. 
you will find it. Also in the book of Matthew, chapter 10, verse 38, it says, And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. I want to be, be worthy to follow Christ. I mean, he is the only one who is worthy of all the praise and glory, but he gives us the chance to be worthy to actually follow him. If we're not taking it serious, if we're just passing the time, he's just going to walk on by. We're going to miss it. So we got to get serious because, I mean, if you're, just for another example, if Jesus is your guide on an adventure, he is on a destination and he's going to bring you there. But if your pack's falling apart and you don't have the right shoes and your flip-flops and you're not really you're not really sold out. You're not really in for it. He's going to go on by, and you're going to turn around and go home. So make sure, make sure that you take it serious. Take it serious. It's clear that we have to be all in and give of ourselves to be fully worthy of associating with Christ. Are you giving him your attention, your time, your increase we all have desires, passion, and ambition. Are those directed to be in alignment with Christ, or are we making them ourselves? He wants all of us, and he will make it worth our while. So that's a big challenge for you today. Take it serious. Take it serious. So that was number one. Number two, sync up with a mentor. We already talked a little bit about this. If you're, if you're learning golf... It's good to have someone to show you how before you get started. On your own, you might not go very far. 1 Corinthians 11.1 1 says, Imitate me, just as I also imitate Christ. This is Paul speaking, and he's taking it serious, and he's walking with God, and he is pursuing what he has. And the Lord told Paul, I will show you all have to suffer to follow me. And Paul was all in. He suffered so much. He went through shipwreck. Um, he was stoned. I mean, there's countless numbers of things that, that Paul went through. But he was pursuing Christ. And because of his example, we have a number of books of the Bible that show us we need to follow at least what Paul is doing because it's on the path of following Christ. So having a mentor, sync up with a mentor. Those who are learning golf from a professional are much less likely to injure themselves as well. So the, that proper technique goes a long way. When you use the right parts of the body in the right position, you're not straining and stressing muscles as much as if you kind of just did it your first try. So when we have a mentor, we're going to be able to avoid some of those injuries some of those wounds of following Christ. So you can leave today. This, is, this excites me a bit. We have a lot of people who have gone through some Bible study training methods. If you want to raise your hand, who's, who's done some training on how to teach Bible studies? See, we've got a few people. You can leave today with a mentor. And these people who have taken these studies, they want to put these exercises to use. So you can leave with a coach a Bible study teacher, an accountability partner who can say, you know, I'm, I'm okay to listen to see where you're struggling. And 
If you're looking for advice, I've, I've overcome this. So that's what's so exciting about the body of Christ. There's people ahead of you that you can follow in footsteps, and there's people behind you that you can guide and say, oh, I went that way. I wouldn't go that way. That hurt bad. So follow those who have who've trailblazed a bit and who have stuck, stuck the course. So sync up with a mentor. We all need a mentor, a peer, and someone to invest in. All right, number three, be strategic to win. Can everybody stay strategic? Making sure you're... Your tongue works on that one. So acting strategically requires living with eternity in mind. It's having the right perspective. There's one way of being strategic is to work together. So as you noticed, if you're going golfing, you don't just have one instrument. I mean, someone with this instrument and probably do better than me with a whole bag of golf clubs. But if you're at any competition level, you're, you're going to do poorly with only this guy. It's going to take you a lot more effort to get to the destination. So that's what the church is like. God made you, and he formed you with a special purpose, and he put you next to some other people who have other special purposes. And he wants you guys to coordinate this one is to start you off, and then it's your time to shine. And he's depending on you, and then afterwards, you're depending on, you know, the putter. So work together is strategic way to move forward in the Lord. So 1 Corinthians 12, 4 says, There are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. It's like the guy playing golf is the Spirit, and he's got a diverse set of clubs. So we've got one God, and his name is Jesus, and he is the head, and we need to be connected to him and also aware of, you know, the other parts of the body of Christ, watching out for the arm, the leg, but always in tune with the mind of Christ. That's where we're going to make progress. There's a five-fold ministry. There's prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists, and apostles and they work together. They work together to work and minister to the body of Christ. There's special gifts for special tasks, but one mission. There's a variety of honed instruments when in this hand of a skillful master makes all the difference. They work together, complementing each other to complete one goal. So another interesting thing that is kind of cool in your golf club set is there's these covers. So why do we have these golf, golf club head covers? Well, they're designed to protect the heads from the other golf clubs when you're moving around. So sometimes we got to allow a little cushion between us and our neighbor. You know, sometimes we've got some rough edges. So you got to watch out for people. We all have different personalities and, you know, having, having a little bit of cushion between you and the next person might go a long way. So give some room. Give some grace. We're all learning. We we'll all have the same mission. So we welcome you all back to the house of God. We don't need to be banging on you and hitting on you. Remember, that we need some cushion. We invite you back. 
Get back in this game. We need you. We don't have your skill right here. We need you on our team. And not only that, it's where you belong too. Don't let this golf club ruin you from getting it back into the game, being used by the master to accomplish something great. Just don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Maybe get your own cushion a little bit. So it can be a bumpy ride, but, but you can make it, and it's the place to be. Um, another part of this strategy, so if I'm playing golf, I'm going to be hitting the ball, and it's probably going to go not exactly where I intended. And if you've ever been playing golf, you'll find there's sand traps, there's long grass, there's trees, there's even ponds. Kind of hard to hit a ball underwater. So these are major obstacles, and it would be good strategy to avoid them. So in Proverbs 4, 14 through 15, it talks about some of these obstacles that we have to avoid if we're going to make some progress. Do not enter the path of the wicked, and do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn away from it and pass on. So part of our strategy needs to know what's going to take us down in the spirit. There, are, there is a path of the wicked. There are ways of evil that we just need to stay clear of. Things that you might, you might have seen someone making some progress towards God, and then they got stuck in a sand pit, and they could not get out of it. Or they were stuck in it a long time and worked hard and allowed God to get them out of it. But it's so much easier to avoid that in the first place. So those, those sins, those unhealthy habits, and even if they're traditions, it might not even be something that you did, but traditions that were passed on to you. And sometimes it was abuse that was done to you. And sometimes... They're, they're just things that you didn't know about. You were deceived and you were tricked and you thought it was the truth and you were pursuing it until you finally realized you were stuck and it wasn't the truth. If we can, stay clear of those obstacles. Some of these are doubt, fear, anxiety, anger, addiction, negativity. These are some major obstacles That'll keep us from where we want to go. But staying on course is well worth it. It's when we stay clear of those pitfalls, we're going to get to that goal quickly. And there's going to be a reward. So, so steer clear. Watch out for those things because they will take you down. All right, one more thing I want to talk about in strategy, and that's make consistent progress. So it's you're not going to win the game of golf if you've got one killer hit, and then the rest are bad. I mean, you are not going to make it. So we need some consistent progress. It's the accumulation of good moves that makes the win. Galatians 6, 9 says, And let us not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. So keep doing it. Don't, don't grow weary. If you're feeling a little bit a little bit tired, 
you know, and, and you're playing golf, you, you take a deep breath, you make sure your muscles are ready, and you do the right thing again. Sometimes it's hard to make that consistent progress, and sometimes we want to give up. But don't. Don't grow weary in well-doing. Because if you keep your mind right, remember, in due season, eventually, you will reap a harvest. So don't lose heart. Another thing with this consistent progress reminds me of one of those earlier injuries. Remember, driving the, driving the golf cart until you hit a tree or something? I mean, driving the fastest golf, or, golf cart doesn't mean you're going to win the game of golf. It actually might cause some wounds that last far beyond the game and are very counterproductive. So, and, and even at a lesser level, pushing others at your pace can cause issues. So make your own steady progress with focus at specific moments to make good decisions makes all the difference. And some people might not be at that decision-making step yet, and you got to just let them get there. And some people are there, and that's the right time to, to invest, to minister and say, God's moving on you, and you're at a point of decision. What are you going to do about it? You know? And that, that's their, their chance. I mean, this hit might bring them to where they need to go. So that was strategy. All right, number four, stay strong in the Lord. Can everyone say strong? Strong, stay strong. Ephesians 6.10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. One sure way of stealing someone's strength is to wound them. So I think it's worth taking a little bit of time to talk about wounds. So we talked about um, the, those two initial gulf wounds, which are caused by immaturity, and then the other ones that are caused by lack of discipline. So when it comes to gulf wounds, it seems silly, but it, if you have been wounded, it's serious. I mean, church wounds, have you ever thought of that term? It's all too real to be funny for some people. The honest answer is some people have walked away from church hurt. Some people have survived it, and some people have yet to get over it. So here are three things I just want us to think about for, you know, under this category of staying strong in the Lord to make sure that people leave church stronger and not wounded. One is we need to speak blessing. This often occurs, you know, you know uh, getting hurt in the church often occurs from immaturity of church members or leaders or lack of discipline and wisdom when you engage your spiritual muscles. People are imperfect, they make mistakes, and we're still in a fallen state. So watch out. Please don't wound someone else. James 3.10 says, Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so... Not to be so. We all can catch ourselves saying the wrong thing. But we need to watch our mouths. I know it's hard to tame. The tongue is, the tongue is a fiery one, and no man can tame it. But we don't want to be people to be hurt leaving church because of something we said. Let's let blessing come out and not cursing. 
Another thing to uh, leave church in strength and not wounded is stay under your leadership. Wounds can come from doing things our own way. You know, removing yourself from godly authority can be very dangerous. I mean, just think of you're going golfing and there's a dad and a young son just learning how to golf. If that young son wants to just go and jump in the golf cart and drive, there can be some major issues, some major problems. So it's, it's dangerous when you're not under authority. Hebrews 13, 17 says, Obey those who rule over you and be submissive. And I love the next part because they tell us why. It's not because I said so, but, but it's because for they watch out for your souls as those who must give an account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. So there's people watching out for you. And sometimes they give guidance and they say, I wouldn't do that if I were you. Or that might not be the most wise thing. Yeah, we can choose to be offended by that. But really, they're just watching out for our soul. They know that, God, if I don't say something, they might get hurt. And I want to be as gentle as I can. You know, sometimes there are sensitive things. And leaders have to say some things and they try to be gentle. But don't push it off. Stay under that authority. If you're faithful and you have the right spirit, boy, will that make you go far. All right, one more thing under uh, stay strong in the Lord, and that's stay fit. Far fewer injuries occur for those who are healthy, strong, and disciplined. So in the spirit, that means spending time in prayer. And pastor has been talking about these things, and it's so good. Our, our church has been building up endurance as we've been praying together, as we have been fasting together, as we have been reading God's word daily, we've been meditating on God's laws, and we've been praising God and giving thanks on a regular basis. So these are spiritual disciplines that will really help you stay fit and prevent a lot of wounds that you won't have to endure. All right, and finally, number five, surrender. Can everyone say surrender? Surrender your wounds to the great physician. Don't let a wound fester and steal your joy. Unfortunately, some people don't want their wounds to be healed. They don't want to engage anymore. They'd rather lay on a hospital bed than to get up, work, and benefit the kingdom. I mean, the pity of others is too enjoyable. The welfare, welfare check too comfy. The expectations of others, hmm, they're too great to heal. So we're just going to hold on to our wound because it's in our best interest. Be careful. Don't fall into that trap because it will steal your life. It will waste it, and you will no longer be able to accomplish that God-given purpose. He wants you whole. He wants you strong. He wants you to get engaged, and it will be the most fulfilling for you. So make sure you surrender those wounds to the great physician. Bring it to God in prayer. Psalm 109.4. In return for my love, they are my accusers. But I give myself to prayer. 
Do you have anyone that has accused you or you've tried to be kind and they've hurt you? I mean, that's where wounds come from. And many of us have been hurt. But what does this tell us to do? I am hurt. I am wounded. God, this does not feel good. I have all these responses that I want to do in the flesh, but I give myself to prayer. That's how these wounds are going to heal. Mark 2.17 says, When Jesus heard it, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I did not call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. God came to bring us to repentance, to bring us from those wounds to restoration. He is the restorationist. He is the one who builds us back up. He is the one who can take something that's broken and put it back together and say, look at this masterpiece. I bet you never saw this coming. It was a pile of rubber, rubble, but now it's a strong wall, as we've been talking and pastor's been preaching on Nehemiah. So it's very important that we respond properly when wounded. When you're wounded, it's very tempting, tempting to seek revenge or throw a pity party. But if you give it to God, he'll take care of it. Psalm 108.13 says, Through God we will do valiantly, for it is he who shall tread down our enemies. We don't need to tread down our enemies. God will do it for us. Bring it to him, and he's going to take care of it. David did this a number of times. He was, he was pretty much at the point where he had a sword drawn ready to kill somebody. He's like, you know what, God, I need you to do this because you're going to do a better job of it. I'm not a just judge. So let God take care of it. You know, some of our wounds are even self-inflicted. We can do things that hurt ourselves, But when we repent, when we look to God for help, it will be taken care of. So Psalm 38.5 says, My wounds are foul and festering because of my foolishness. Like standing too close to the tee goofing around and getting hit by the ball. Sometimes we've done foolish things that have caused our own wounds. And what's the proper response? Should we condemn ourselves? Curse ourselves out? No. Should we completely give ourselves a pass and just justify all of our actions and say, I was right, it's your fault? Those things are tempting to do, but that's not the right response. Psalm 38.5, I'm sorry, we just read that about our foolishness, but Psalms 147.3 says, He heals the brokenhearted. He binds up our wounds. He is the one who can take care of it. Let him take care of it. What's the proper way to help someone who's stuck in the sand pit? Or their, their golf ball got stuck in the trees with the long grass? Well, we need to approach it cautiously with the Spirit of God. Galatians 6.1 says, Brethren, if a man is overtaken in a trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. So before you jump in and help, you got to think about a couple things on how you can. Be gentle. And also, don't subject yourself to fall into the same pit that you can't get out of. Also, 1 Corinthians 8, 9 talks about this. It says, 
But beware, lest somehow this liberty of yours becomes a stumbling block to those who are weak. We all don't have the same conviction. Sometimes God has, he's tailor-made his advice and counsel for us and for others. And he's know, he knows what he's doing for us and he knows what he's doing for someone else. You can't always make a cookie-cutter guidance for someone else. So be careful. God may have given you liberty, but he may be expecting something else of someone else. He is the all-wise one. We can't think that we are. All right, here's another one. When you are wounded, encourage yourself. When you're recovering from wounds, sometimes you just got to tell yourself what you got to do to get better. Psalm 42.5 says this. It says, why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. And also verse 11, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. And finally, as we're looking at this uh, section of surrender your wounds to the great physician, realize that God allows wounds for a reason sometimes. He wants to see how you handle it. And he looks forward to binding up those wounds. Job 5.18 says, For he bruises and he binds up. He wounds, but his hands make whole. So again, God sometimes lets us go through some things to see how we'll respond. Are we going to bring it to him or are we going to respond in our flesh? So we need to have the right perspective. And remember, we're not the only ones who've been wounded. There is our Savior, the mediator between God and man, who really went through the wounding process. I mean, he doesn't waste wounds. Was Jesus wounded for no reason? Was he bruised? Was he whipped? Was he spit on for no reason? Was there no purpose in carrying a heavy cross for his heart being in so much turmoil that he was literally sweating blood? There was a reason for it. And it was, it was an amount of suffering that he was willing to pay for for the result. So sometimes there are wounds that God allows us to go through because he knows there's a great thing on the other side if we're faithful. So let's talk about these five things again just to remind ourselves what they were. One, we need to take this thing of Christianity, what's the word? Serious. We also need to do what with a mentor? We need to sync up with a mentor. We also need to be strategic to win. And also, we need to stay strong in the Lord. And then finally, what do we need to do with our wounds for the great physician? Surrender to him. Surrender to him. I know that we all have wounds. I mean, we've all gone through things that have hurt. One example I have is when I was in college... And I was seeing my wife, 
I, was, I met her and we were talking and I asked her the question, are you interested in this being more than a friendship? And at the moment it was, I'm good where we're at. And you know, that, that was kind of a, a wound for me that I could have gotten mad or bitter. I could have done anything because of those emotions and feelings. But I did, I, I'm so glad I can say that I did. I don't always do what I'm supposed to. But I did go into the, the college chapel, and I just prayed about it. I just told God, this, this hurts. I had some expectations. And I said, you know what, Lord? I just give this to you. If you want to put her back in my life, then I'm grateful. If not, I'm moving on and I'm trusting you. You know what he did? He put her back in my life in just the right time. Probably a year later, you know, out of the blue, it was like, all right, I'm interested in this relationship. And, well, today we have a healthy relationship, three kids. It's, it's been an answer to prayer. And that time of wounding really allowed me to give it to God. And he brought me into maturity, and I'm so grateful for it. And there's so many blessings on the other side of dealing with those, those pains, those emotions. But what wounds do you have? And have you addressed them? So if you can, maybe we can all stand and start thinking about what those things are in our life that we've been hurt by. And have we taken those before the Lord? This is a great time for God to start healing those things, for God to take those wounds. I mean, Isaiah 53, 5 says, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. We have a healer in the house today. Let's, let's come before the, the Lord and give these wounds to him. Any pains that we've had, any festering things in our spirit that have been there and we just haven't taken the time, we've ignored them. We don't want them to get infected. Let's bring them before the great physician. He can do the surgery that needs to be done. So I encourage you today to come and bring them before the Lord. Take it all, take it all, my life in your hands. Take it all, take it all, my life in your hands. Take it all, take it all, my life in your hands. Take it all, take it all, my life in your hands. Take it all, take it all. Take it all, take it all, my life in your hands. Take it all, take it all, my life in your hands. I 
Get up. 